This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And good morning, everyone. And it is a beautiful Saturday morning here in Toronto as I look out the window from our Zoomerplex on Liberty Village, in Liberty Village. And I assume the same conditions exist in Prince Edward County, where uh, Charlie Dobbin is right now. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frankie. How are you? Well, on the first day of May, terrific. Oh, uh, good. You didn't I'll, get bl- blown away in all that wind yesterday? Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> as, as you know, uh, we live in the middle of a forest. There's mm-hmm. one one uh, lane that comes through a full kilometer of forest. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I leave uh, about quarter after four on Saturday mornings because I come in to, this, uh, to the station to do some work on other programs uh, in advance. And <laughs> about a hundred yards into the forest, I was stopped. There was a tree. I would estimate the thing to be maybe about 18 inches in diameter, right oh, across wow. the road. Wow. And thank God uh, there's a chap who lives at the front of the uh, property, Edgar, who uh, came barreling along with a, a big tractor with a backhoe and cleared the, the thing out in about five minutes. And I wow. was on my you way. Wow, like, you had to phone him and wake him up? Yeah, yeah, no, thank goodness I, he gets up normally at 5 o'clock anyway, uh, okay. but uh, I about a half an hour cut off his sleep time. But without him, I would have been sunk, literally. Wow. No kidding, because it's not like you can drive over top of something that big. No, no. No matter I, how fancy I, your car is. I got video of it, too, so I'll send you that at some point. <laughs> okay. uh, and, and I've been dealing with other problems uh, on the on the farm there, too. Uh, mm. The damn raccoons uh, oh. have found the bird feeder, and they pulled it right off the stand and uh, dragged it right onto the uh, the deck just outside our, uh, our house. Wow. Un- unbelievable. So now, I, the only recourse I have is to take the thing inside at night. <laughs> so you're you're sleeping with your bird feet. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you? You've had a busy week. Uh, well, you know, it, it's it's been a pretty busy week with um, a couple of seminars and presentations that I was giving, which reminds me I have another one coming up this week for the Etobicoke Work Society, um, Wednesday, May the 5th at 7.30. So anybody who thinks they might want to join the Etobicoke Work Society, just go to gardenontario.org. All the Hort Societies are listed there alphabetically. Just find out what garden club or Hort Society is in your neighborhood or who you want to join. Mm -hmm. It's the best $15 you'll ever spend. Terrific. Uh, Well, you might have a a note or two to pass on, but I better get the phone numbers on the air here. Because we do want folks to give a call in to ask Mm -hmm. questions about gardening, do you? And here we go. In Toronto, call 416 360 0740 anywhere in the province toll free 18667404740 our little mantra goes this way call early call often one question per call and if you happen to be a first time caller please let our operator carlos know and just before you hit the airwaves 
<laughs> you'll you'll get the the garden bell ring. Okay, yeah, I love it. All and right. don't forget, uh, people send email. I mean, it's great. Calls are yes. great, but emails are also great. So my email address is my first initial C. So C for Charlie. Dot Dobbin. D O B B I N. C dot Dobbin at. Isn't it? I think it's mzmedia.com. That's correct. That's correct. Thank yep. you. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Uh, we better take a little bit of a break here. We, we do have somebody special coming by a little bit later on in the show that folks, yeah. I think, will want to hear about. I think they're going to definitely want to listen to the entire show so they can hear some... Uh, some real, a real good scoop on something that's very, very dear to the heart of, Mo, of Moses Neimer. You got it. Okay. Uh, we'll get prepared for that and more here on the show as we take our first break on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All righty, Charlie, we're set to go to the phone lines and uh, find out what's happening with Jill in North York. Good morning, Jill. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Um, Regarding sheep and cow manure that are sold in grocery stores at this time of year, do you recommend them for the flower and vegetable garden? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You can never go wrong adding organic material to your soil, whatever you're growing, whether it's flowers or vegetables or or pine trees. It's um, a clay soil will have better drainage. And a sandy soil will have better water retention. So it's, you, like I say, it's, just, it's never a bad thing to ever add organic matter. And, of course, the composted manure is well composted. So okay. it, should, it shouldn't smell bad. It should just look very dark. It might be a little bit sticky and moist inside the bag. But uh, just lay it on the surface and the worms will mix it all in for you. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks for joining the show, Jill. Yeah, great. Um, We have a note here from Karen K. Therian, who says, um, and she sent you a picture, obviously. Would you kindly give me some direction on how to proceed with these old overgrown yew shrubs? I believe that's what they are. I inherited them. They're very strong and healthy. They faced west. Should I cut a third off, dig up, and replace with someone new? There you are. Hello, Charlie. And replace, yeah, exactly. Okay. Thanks, Karen. So you know what's great about use? That's not a bad hedge to inherit as hedges go. Because even, gosh, you'd be amazed. Use can live for hundreds of years. And, they're, and they look good and healthy in the photograph. Karen's right. So, yes, indeed. You want to cut them down. She mentions a third. So Karen has obviously listened to the show and knows that I recommend never cut more than a third off at any one time. But in the case of use at this time of year in the spring, you can actually cut them down more than a third. You could cut them down by half even, even two-thirds, because if they're healthy and they're happy, and, you know, you always, again, think about adding some organic material to the soil below, you know, do some amending to the soil. Cut them down. Um, the neat thing about use is new green growth will sprout from very old woody branches and stems. Most evergreens do not do that, but yews do. So you can be pretty brutal with your pruning, and if it's a happy plant, it will grow back. All righty. Good enough. Let's go to the phone lines once again from Port Hope. We welcome Marie to the line. Good morning, Marie. Yes, hi there. Hi. 
I have a question on um, a bush that I had moved uh, about a year ago, uh, and they told me it may not come back, but it has come back, but only the top part, the bottom part, has no leaves. It, I, it could possibly be a barberry. It has really thorns, tiny little red leaves, hmm. little tiny red berries. Okay. Um, does that sound like a barberry? Yes, it does. That does sound like a Okay. Now, yeah. it looks the top part of it is really healthy and beautiful red leaves, but the bottom part is all, looks like it's almost dead. Yeah. I put fertilizer on it, hoping to bring it back again. Can you recommend anything? Can you tell me what roughly how tall it is? Well... It's been there for several years and fairly large. It grows like mad in the summertime, and I have at times pruned it back. Mm-hmm. And um, right now it's about maybe five, six feet or so. Oh, wow. So it's a good-sized shrub. And you yes. said this was transplanted last year. Yes. Right. So that's not an easy plant to transplant because it's so prickly. Um, yeah, it is bad. Not, not to mention so large. So do not do any more fertilizing. You don't want to do that at this point. Remember when we plant plants, whether we're transplanting or we buy new ones and we're planting them into our garden, the first thing we want that plant to do is to grow roots. So okay. if, we, if we don't see a lot of action above ground the first year, but, but the plant is clearly alive, but no big action, do not be concerned. You want all the energy of the plant to be below ground growing roots, getting established, um, being prepared for, you know, drought conditions, winter conditions, all the things that, that um, can be quite stressful on plants. So, so that's the area that's in shock from being moved. Is that it? Uh, well, the bottom part? Remember when we move plants, we always leave some roots behind. So okay. it's shocking. It's, it's a situation where more roots have to grow. So the only fertilizer you should ever give when you're transplanting for the first year of any plant is a transplanter-type fertilizer, like a plant start or something like that. So just lay off on the fertilizer. Don't do that. Okay. Um, I wouldn't be overly concerned. Like, If there are any branches that are completely gray with no growth on them at all, follow them down. If they're dead right at the bottom, remove anything dead. Uh, But if you've got little tips of growth on the tips, leave those branches alone. Next spring, we'll look at maybe doing a tip pruning, depending on how things work out this summer. And pruning all the tips next spring will force more growth above ground. Okay, so just take off some of the branches that are really looks dead, that look dead, prune them back, okay? Yeah. Um, And it's still a bit early. Remember, it's only May 1st. Well, that's what I thought. Maybe I'm over-anxious here. Well, we (laughs) all are. We had that early, early warm weather, and it feels like it should be June by now, right? (laughs) Exactly. And also my my Alberta, uh, is it a U? No, not U. Alberta Alberta spruce. spruce. Yep. Yep. Somebody told me I can't prune that back. Why not? Why wouldn't I not be able to? All the other evergreens you can. Sure, you can. But the thing about dwarf Alberta spruce is that it's such a dense, compact plant. It, we usually don't prune it because it just grows so slowly and in such tiny increments, it's usually just fine left alone. But if it's uh, off, off, you know, asymmetrical, the shape is wrong, you can prune it. But I would wait another month or so before I did that. Okay, all right. This one is growing so that it's blocking out my window. Oh, 
And I was actually thinking of having it removed, but I hate to do that. It's so healthy. So, mm-hmm. Well, you can't take the top off. I mean, if part of what's going on is it's getting too tall, then it's either move it or live with it. Like, it's, you, can't, you won't be able to do enough pruning to make a difference in terms of your window. We would shear off about a half an inch is all we would ever do with an Alberta spruce. Okay, well, that won't make a big difference. No, no. Okay, well, that answers my questions. I kind of <laughs> wondered why I wouldn't be able to prune that when I can prune other <laughs> evergreens. But, okay, all right, then I will leave it the way it is. And thank you so much for your help. And thank, thank you, Marie. You okay. okay. Uh, We have to take a little bit of a break here because uh, we have the head honcho of all things Zoomer, uh, who's going to be joining us very shortly. Moses Neimer is going to come by with a story of a most unusual tree, and I think you'll really enjoy what he has to say. So that's coming up next with Charlie Dobbin here on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, let's welcome the boss to the line. Good morning, uh, Moses. How are you? Hey, Frank. Good morning to you. Hey, good morning, Moses. How are you? Charlie, where are you? I'm at home in Prince Edward County. Ah, and Frank, I can see you live and in color. Holy cow. (laughs) Love that shirt. What is that? (laughs) It's kind of a neat one, huh? I love watching Frank. <laughs> you know, many people probably don't know that uh, mm. there's a little secret television station in every radio station now, right. because when you go on the web, you can see the picture. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, well, and it's true on classical as well. But in the case of uh, <laughs> radio, we see the star. That's right. Frank, that's, that's fantastic. You're doing a great job. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And so uh, where are you? Uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm up north actually. Oh, nice. I'm up in the Collingwood area. Beautiful. Oh, and uh, I had a big power outage last night. Were you uh, safe and sound where you were? Uh, yes, here in one o two point nine land on the Bayland. <laughs> no, things were um, well uh, picturesque, and the waves were magnificent. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. No damage. No. So, speaking of secret little uh, TV stations inside radio stations, I'm right now got up on my other screen, Zoomer Media YouTube uh, station or channel, and under the Z News Zoomer Media videos, there are a couple of very cool videos all about the Tree of Forty Fruits. And I know this is a bit of a project of yours, Moses. So why not give our listeners a bit of a background on what is the Tree of Forty Fruit all about? Okay. Uh, and, of course, Charlie, you're implicated in this story. And, uh, <laughs> you're, you're the heroine. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm rushing the lead, but uh, Charlie <laughs> comes to the rescue. So uh, some years ago, um, I, I came across a reference to a fellow. He was presented more as an artist in that particular article, I think it was, Hmm. Um, uh, but that his uh, art was this living uh, form of a tree where he had crafted, grafted uh, some 40 different kinds of stone fruit. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And the genius of it was that, of course, there was this blush of harmonious, uh, dazzling, pinkish, whitish, uh, I don't have the language to 
no, convey but, all the subtleties. Yeah. Uh, but it made a magnificent spectacle, so I thought, holy cow, uh, let's get this guy talking at Idea City. Mm-hmm. Which means I must now explain Idea City. It's a conference. Uh, I did it for 20 years until we were interrupted. Uh, but it's unusual. It's not what you're doing for a living, which is what most conferences are about. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's about everything else, wide-ranging, lots of uh, subjects from, uh, you know, big uh, science, mm-hmm. big business, big art. Um, and uh, and so I thought he'd be perfect. And he mm-hmm. came and he showed it to us, and it was dazzling and charming, and everybody loved it. And uh, and then I had the thought sitting there. I thought, why don't we get one? We yeah. should have one. <laughs> and um, and then I approached him, and eventually uh, he put me in touch with his agent. All of this took some time. Yeah. Uh, long gaps, uh, but the long and the short of it is he agreed to make one for us. Uh, and uh, then I thought, uh, well, I could put it in my backyard, but who will see it there? Mm-hmm. Um, I live next to one of the great parks in the city. I enjoy it. I use it regularly all the time. And I thought, wouldn't it be swell if the park would accept the idea of this tree? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did, so so I gave it to them. It's like I gave it a work of art. Yeah, no so kidding. So you're speaking yeah. of, of High Park, uh, Moses, right? Yeah, so all of this is still the wind-up for the, the punchline, is that eventually this fellow, whose name is Sam Van Aken, came to Toronto. Uh, he's a teacher and a great gardener in the Rochester area, and uh, and he commissioned the root stock, I hope I've got the right yep. language. No, that's and, right. Yeah, yeah and, uh, and eventually, a number of years ago, I think it was 2016, okay. he planted it in the spot uh, on that fabulous slope that sort of runs down from the crest of High Park down to the water in Grenadier Pond. Lovely. And it's a splendid lawn, and lots of people sit there in the summer, and, um, and that's where we planted this little tree. Um, and that's still not the punchline. The, the punchline is that uh, Sam would come every year to uh, look at it and to add grafts as the tree grew and it became embellished. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but then we hit COVID, and so mm-hmm. the last number of grafts he couldn't put in, and we lost a year. We lost all of last year. Mm-hmm. And then we had this tough late frost, and I feared for uh, my little girl I, I had <laughs> anthropomorphized her. In, I know. She's my first, you know, um, uh, tree child. Or, uh, I'm, I'm very protective of her, and I was Your really daughter. quite worried, quite worried. Um, and uh, and uh, we, we, we soldiered on, and uh, I, I have a fabulous uh, gardener who works with me uh, mm-hmm. in, uh, in our house, uh, Martina, and uh, and so she would keep an eye on it. And the park was solicitous, and she was sprayed and protected and gated and so on. But still, she didn't have the loving affection of Sam. So we thought this year, yeah, and then it failed again. The border was still closed, and Sam couldn't get there. 
and uh, we kept putting it off or imagining that things might get better. Mm-hmm. But um, finally I asked Sam uh, if the border were open, <laughs> when would he be doing these last grafts? And he said right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he was uh, stuck in Rochester. Mm. He couldn't come. Uh, so I said, well, we have this uh, fabulous personality megastar gardener, <laughs> Charlie Dolphin. That's me, and, yep. <laughs> yeah, so we're finally getting to the punchline. So I called Charlie, and uh, Charlie uh, sprang to the rescue, and she called Jan. Jan Winkelmann. Jan Winkelmullen, who I've yet to meet in person, but Jan charged to the rescue yeah. uh, almost immediately, and uh, then everyone convened, uh, Matina and Jan and the cameraman, and, uh, <laughs> and the last grafts were put in just before the curtain came down on High Park. Right. There was yeah. a little miracle, and that's my story. And uh, I'm told Jan says that uh, she's uh, healthy and sturdy, um, and of course we'll gather there as soon as those uh, those barriers come down. But uh, yeah, I can't wait. I haven't seen this tree in real life. I can't wait to see it. But now it's got all its forty graphs, right? Uh, yes, and I, I I don't fully understand how. It works, Charlie, you know better. But I have a feeling he's put a few extras in right. there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, because I was trying to keep count. And, of course, there's a map of it all. Good, yeah. Uh, and, and I think it's next year that we'll do a kind of uh, formal announcement that it exists. Mm-hmm. Because right now there's only a handful of us who know. Uh, know. The, the representative for this city is a guy called Doug Bennett. And he, mm-hmm. he's terrific. And he's the guy who... Uh, push this whole thing through and help nice. spot the spot and so on. So uh, next year, Charlie mm-hmm. and Frank, you're invited. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we'll have, uh, we'll a, have a little it. more formal unveiling and maybe put down something that will explain it. Yeah, a grand, a grand gala because, I mean, it's not just those beautiful flowers in the spring because it's true that because there's 40 different varieties on that tree, you've got well, 40 plus, really, you have this kind of wave of flowering happening over a long period because they don't all bloom the same day. Yeah, you've got multicolors blooming over several weeks. And then, assuming pollination takes place, that you've got waves of different fruit ripening on the same tree in August, uh, you know, late July and August. So it's plums, it's apricots, I think there's cherries in there. I think it's quite a mix. And, and it's, uh, it, the, the artistic part is that Sam has been able to learn the different um, time frames and when the flower, flowering happens so that it's, it's really the, the grass are placed in such a way that it's extremely beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and and that they they make a movement across the face of the tree, and it, it all started as kind of a thing in his head to be a surprise for his his fellow community members in the Syracuse area. He just wanted people to go what? <laughs> when, yeah, when it's yeah, well, he has succeeded. <laughs> I know. So no, it, and it's, and it's created ambition because Matina, I think, has grabbed a few. Um, well, branches or something. They're called yeah. They're called the yeah, scion, and, and, and she may she may give it a try in, in the backyard. Well, 
Yeah. It's a bit of, it's an art and a science, grafting. I, when you called me, I was just a little hesitant to say, oh, I'll do it, because mm. I have grafted, but I am not a master grafter by any means. And that's why I, I called my friend Jan Winkelmolen, because he yeah. is. He well, was born a, with a grafting knife in his hand, I think, him and uh, all his children. Yeah. <laughs> it's surgery, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's, it's pretty interesting. What a great story, Moses, really is, and I know folks will be dying to line up when you do the official, the official opening. That'd be fabulous. We'll do a grand gala next yeah. spring. Yeah, 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 yeah. But thank you for this uh, uh, mention, and thank you for this exposure, and uh, maybe I'll leave you with one slightly poignant story, and you'll look You'll understand why I was so anxious as a mm. as a um, a plum daddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awkward. Um, <laughs> uh, but in all of last year, mm-hmm. only one little plum appeared. Oh, okay, yeah. But it made it was stark because it was only the one, <laughs> and it was small and it was very uh, perfect looking. Um, and, and, and then one day it was gone. Uh, a bird or a person. So is that why you named that tree Plum? For the one plum? <laughs> <laughs> Very sweet. Well, I'm really, I'm, I want to thank you, Moses, for putting, you know, making the effort, obviously, and making the connection with Sam Van Aken and giving what a lovely gift to the city of Toronto and to anyone in Ontario who wants to visit and see the tree. And don't worry, it's, it's still young. It, the gardens and trees just get better with time, just like us, right? We get better with age, so, do, so does the garden and so do the trees. So it's, it's in good condition now, and I'm sure it'll just be that much better next year and years to come. So thanks for that. Yeah, that's great to hear, Charlie. Thank you so much. I know you'll keep a benevolent eye on her. Absolutely. You <laughs> All know right. it. Yes. Bye bye. Bye, Frank. Yeah. Goodbye, Moses. Bye. Thanks. Delighted to hear that story. Wow. Can you imagine the tree? Really, a tree of forty fruit blossoms in many hues of pink and purple, and it's all going to be blossoming at some point in time. Sure. Uh, Sure. And 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 the best part is that it's Moses' daughter. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And her name is Plum. Well, I'm going plum crazy. Uh, we've, got, we've got to take a little bit of a break here. We have some folks who have been very patient waiting on the line. Uh, Loretta, uh, let's see, Wilma and uh, Diane, uh, hang tight. We're coming back to you here at The Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, alrighty, Charlie, let's uh, head to Guelph for our next caller. It's Lorita's turn to have a question shot at you. Good morning, Lorita. Good morning. Uh, <clears throat> Charlie, I have a... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I have a fairly large raised flower bed in my backyard. It's probably, it's it's a bit of an L shape. Mm-hmm. And it's probably about 20 feet by, I don't know, 18, but it's fairly large. Mm-hmm. I've got tons of daffodils and uh, tulips, and there will be poppies coming and some little purple flower. I don't know what it's called. Mm-hmm. It has like little heads on it. When all that stuff has stopped blooming... It's kind of bald, except mm-hmm. for a couple of rose bushes, which are quite pretty, mm-hmm. and they're at the edge. 
can I put planters or throw earth when all that stuff has stopped blooming? Because it looks horrible throughout the summer. Well, you know, we love our bulbs, but then when the bulbs are finished blooming, we have to let those leaves stand up and slowly go from green to yellow. Well, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, let the bulbs go dormant. That can take eight or ten weeks easily, so that takes you into June or July. But why not plant some more perennial plants in there so that they will grow up, and as they grow up, they will actually cover the dying down leaves of the bulbs? Yeah, well, I, I tried a little bit of transplanting, um, you know, another rose bush, but I tend to end up digging up the bulbs that are already there. Right. And yeah, no, but you can... quite a lot. It's very affordable if you can find them, uh, and I'm sure you can in the Guelph area, find some nice summer-blooming perennials in small pots. You just want, instead of the big one-gallon sizes, big pots, you want the little ones. You want to go to a four-inch or a six-inch pot, and you want things that are going to bloom summer and, like, mid-summer and late summer. And so things, can I just put those on top of the, um, the daffodils? Yes, not, not above or, ground. Yeah, you, what you would do is you would dig a hole big enough for the root ball, and if you run into a bulb, you just lift the bulb out of the way, plant the plant into that little hole you made. Yeah, and then, so that would give it color if I just get the an- annuals or perennials? I would get perennials myself just because it would be a lot easier. If you get annuals, you have to do it every year. I know, you, yeah, but I just wanted to get some color in there. Sure, like things like phlox, uh, P-H-L-O-X, phlox. I'm assuming it's a fairly sunny location with all these bulbs. It is, yeah. It gets uh, yeah, it's all afternoon, like all, all lo- day almost, yeah. Lots of sedum out there, S-E-D-U-M. Um, excellent choices of echinacea. We've all heard of echinacea, uh, daisy-type flowers. There's lots and lots of choices of echinacea. You might want to get some lavender right. in there. I mean, there's all kinds of plants that would grow in the sun. But it's not a good idea to put earth over the top of all this stuff and and just plant um, uh, per, uh, annuals. Well, yes, you could. I mean, I'm assuming that the bulbs are below ground. Their soil is right. probably now. Yeah. So you're not, you don't want cool. to go. I mean, the daffodils are absolutely stunning this year. Yeah, it's nice, cool spring. But you, you don't want to go in there and add, like, four or five inches of soil, I don't think, unless you can. It, yeah. Has the soil dropped that far that you could add yeah. that much soil? Yeah, okay. I just wanted to check that out with you. And okay. I think, the, the you know, to, to plant in between while they're still blooming, while, while I know when there's mm-hmm. stuff there. True. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay. you can, Larika, you can add, if you want to, you could add four or five inches of soil. The bulbs will grow up through the soil. Just oh, don't, they will. Oh, yeah, okay. just don't do the soil now when they're blooming because you'll end up, you know, messing around with the flowers. Right. Wait till they're finished. If you want to put that much soil on top, you can. Next spring, they'll just come up a little later because they'll come up from a little further down. Right. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's a good idea. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank Thanks you, for calling. Okay. okay, thanks. Bye. Um, we go to an email now, actually, from uh, Ray Pattenden, and uh, he and his wife, Linda, listening to the show, uh, I presume, every week. So hopefully we've got your attention here, uh, Ray. He says, um, I have calcium from the water heater I've cleaned out. Oh, yeah. Would it help the vegetable garden or hurt it? Hmm. Okay. So that's an interesting question. So imagine, you know how you get, you get all that... It's salt, really, right? Yeah. Calcium is a, is a mineral. 
Now, calcium is a absolutely essential micronutrient that plants need. So I don't have a clue how much calcium Ray has cleaned out of his water heater, but chances are it would be too much to add excuse me, to his garden because whenever we do something like an amendment mm-hmm. with something that's extreme as a single micronutrient, we do it in a very, very moderate way. So first of all, Ray, get yourself a pH test. You can buy a pH tester at your local garden center or a home building store. Very simple, almost like a litmus paper test. With a pH test, you're going to know what your pH is, and you're going to know that if you add a bunch of calcium to your soil, you will raise your pH. So because it will, it will make it more alkali when you add calcium. So most plants thrive at a pH very close to neutral, just below neutral. Neutral is 7. So most plants thrive between 6.7 and 6.9. And I think he mentioned vegetable gardens. Right. So vegetables, generally speaking, are all going to want to be 7 or just below. So do a pH test before you add any calcium to your soil. If you're, for some reason your, your soil has got a pH of about 5 or 6, then absolutely yes, you'll want to get some calcium in there. <clears throat> if you're already at 7, I wouldn't add any uh, calcium unless you want to sprinkle a little bit around your tomatoes because tomatoes like calcium. Also, eggshells do the same thing. So crushed up eggshells around your tomatoes or a little bit of that calcium. But otherwise, nothing. I say do nothing without a pH test. Okay. Hey, Charlie, we're approaching our next break here, but I'm absolutely delighted, uh, utterly delighted <laughs> for, for, because Wilma from Holstein is... is oh, dear, that's Oh, awful, my God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I left holding the bag again. Okay. If I uh, was in that studio, I'd be hitting you right now. <laughs> I know. Kicking my shins. Okay. <laughs> Wilma from Holstein coming up in just moments here on Zoomer Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Charlie, let's welcome Wilma from Holstein, Ontario. Good morning, Wilma. Good morning. I'm not used to listening to my radio through my phone, but it's a good thing to have this morning. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead, Wilma. Yes. um, What? (laughs) A few years ago, I wanted to fill in a patch on my above my retaining wall, and. Foolishly, I planted periwinkle or myrtle, whichever you prefer, mm-hmm. uh, and now she has just taken over. <laughs> Is there yeah. any way other than pulling it to control it? Hmm. Well, okay, so is it, it's taking over your entire property, I guess? It's a pretty well, that's big... just about it, because uh, we have a very treed area behind it, mm-hmm. and of course I don't particularly worry about that, although right. it is into the neighbors, and I hope he doesn't find it and <laughs> uh, demand removal, but uh, it also yeah. comes down over the edge and into all the other plants that are there. 
Right, right. Well, okay, so um, good points. Uh, if it's very shady under those trees that you mentioned, the yes. periwinkle will yes. thrive and things like grass turf will not. So in a sense, it does make, it does make sense to allow that to happen. Uh, to stop it going into your neighbors is not your responsibility. Your neighbor will have to do that. The com- coming down over the front of the retaining wall, I would just get out some shears and I would just shear it. I mean, it's probably absolutely gorgeously blooming right now. No, no, that, the problem is it's at the top of the retaining wall uh, and the plants are between the myrtle and the retaining wall. Mm. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, pulling it's your only solution unless you want to try suffocating it, but that's hard to do. Well, and that, and that's the other issue. And the other issue, too, is that in some places there's quite a slope, and it's getting harder every year for me to maintain yeah. it. That's right. Get out there. There's, I mean, yeah, suffocation, um, digging. And the nice thing about periwinkle is it's not too deeply rooted. Like, it's, it's not like English ivy or something that's very hard to get rid of. Um, it, it shouldn't be too onerous to, uh, you know, uh, see if you've got a kid in the neighborhood or, a, you know, a young person who's looking to make some money and just put them on it. Get them out there digging, spend every day, you know, after school or between you know, weekends or whatever. And, and get it dug out, and you can compost to kill, or you can, you know, bag and send off to your to your yard waste. Um, if you have a yard waste pickup at your place, I would do that rather than. Uh, I mean, technically, Roundup can be used. The problem with Roundup is it's only legal to use Roundup on noxious weeds, and I don't think periwinkle is on the list yet. Though it might be because they have updated the list. You could check noxious weeds in Ontario. There's a very specific list of what is a noxious weed, and your legal cues round up on noxious weeds. Okay, I hope Wilma has taken all that into account as we go to, a, I think, probably our final caller uh, on the show this morning, Diane, calling in from Dorchester. Good morning, Diane. Yes, hi, good morning. Uh, you were talking last uh, week about uh, people for gardening ideas and that, how they manage their garden. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we 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 were like you. We built a house in 2000, and it took us a year or two to decide where we were going to put everything. And we've got the most trees in our whole subdivision. I love trees, but they don't like the leaves. But anyway, <laughs> so as uh, we were getting things, I did a lot of research, and we also went to um, uh, native plants, a lot of native plants, so that it would encourage the birds, the butterflies, and that. Mm-hmm. But also what we did, um, every time I bought something, I kept all the little information. We went online, mm-hmm. and I wrote it in a uh, three-wing binder. So oh, yeah. I wrote down the months and where we purchased it, what the um, uh, information is, you know, on whether you prune it back in the fall or the spring or you don't prune it at all. Mm-hmm. and when to divide it, different things like this, mm-hmm. and where I purchased it. So if I liked it, then I could uh, go and get some more. Mm-hmm. And and also, as it started going better, then I did a diagram. I took pictures when they were mm-hmm. in full bloom, mm-hmm. and I also um, did uh, uh, diagrams. And I'm glad I did because my husband almost dug out one of my, <laughs> uh, let me see, it was a, I saw it, that it was a lavender plant, and here I'm working away on it. It wasn't. It was cat 
mint. Well, catmint, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, once I got into my book, I should have looked at my book first. Anyway, (laughs) it was a lot of work. But you have to remember, some of these little plants that you buy then, you've Mm -hmm. got to allow room because... They, they, even though they say they don't grow that big, they maybe it's the tender, loving care we give them. I don't know, but boy, they really, really uh, spread out. Well, cat mint is a good example. I mean, it starts as yeah. a little, but you know, six inches across, and before you know yeah. it, it's a meter and a half across. So yeah, they get well, we were. Is it true? We were told that it helps to um, uh, keep mosquitoes away. Um, it's one of those, because it's so fragrant, uh, if you rub it, you get that strong aroma. That's yeah. the theory on, on it scares the mosquitoes. It's those, any of those really heavily scented plants, you have to rub yeah. them. It's like the, the uh, so-called citrosa, the yeah. um, mosquito geranium. you got to rub it and then rub it on your skin, and then the mosquitoes yeah. don't like the smell. Yeah. Well, I'm going to let you go. You've had a busy day. I've enjoyed it, and uh, I hope that this will help some of your listeners who are maybe just starting to get into gardening. And Uh I'll tell you, there's nothing more pleasurable, especially during this COVID time when everybody's stuck at home. You get Mm -hmm. out, you get all the wonderful sun and fresh air and that, and uh, you can rope your husband into (laughs) helping you. (laughs) And I know you've already got your husband working. (laughs) I do now. He's he's retired. He's become my assistant. It's great. Oh, there's it. his mistake. He retired. Now he's going to work harder <laughs> with no pay. <laughs> I know. Okay, take care. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks no. Diane. I hope Heather Sinopoli is listening. I'm sure she is. She always does. She was the one who asked you know, what are some good journal ideas? So thanks, Diane. I appreciate all your, your thoughts and your follow-through on all your ideas there is great. Yep. Now, we have less than two minutes left in the show, so mm-hmm. I don't really think you're going to have time to deal with a wonderful question sent in from Anata Kita. Um, uh, it's a pretty fast answer. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Let me quickly read the note uh, mm-hmm. from uh, uh, Renata, who writes, uh, I'm writing on behalf of my mother, Trod Brunskol, who is the devotee of your Saturday AM program. Uh, sent you a picture of some of her flowers. They're small, grew up from a small bulb. They've taken over her garden and popping up all over the place from the original planting several <laughs> decades ago. How do I get rid of them, says Trot? So do you have any advice that you can offer up? Okay, so the, this is an example of what we call species tulips. So they're very small tulips. They're not hybrids. They are um, similar to daffodils. They will naturalize. They're tiny bulbs. They have, they're small flowers. They open in the sun and they close in the shadow. And uh, yes, squirrels can move them around, but they also will spread. And I'm sad that Trod, her mother-in-law or mother, her mother is not happy with these. I guess she feels a bit overwhelmed. Dig them up if you don't like them. Give them to your neighbors. Don't throw them away. They're they're very very lovely. I I think it's a very nice picture. Um, they come up, they go down. It's just a short spring ephemeral. A blooming tulip, but small and, and just maybe a little too many. So share them with your friends and neighbors uh, or compost if you have to, but otherwise don't, you know, just enjoy them is what I would say. Okay. <laughs> hey, we're at the checkout counter. Charlie got about oh. 10 seconds left. Oh, oh my, my goodness. All right. Well, it's been a real swell as usual. Thank you, Franklin. I see the, the car folk are there through the window and right. next to you. Happy birthday, Steve Shiman. Oh, happy birthday, Steve Shiman. And don't get run over when they when they start that show, Frankie. I'm, I'm looking out for you. All right, pal. <laughs> Thanks, Carlos. Thanks, Frank. Thanks to our callers. See you again next week.
This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.